0: The Koi Gig part.
1: I then had to then fake an injury because I didn't want is to tell people that I was pregnant until the 12 weeks scan. It's it's mad to think of, really, it seems kind of archaic.
2: Subscribe to the feed in the OTB sports app now.
1: See, going on his own! He gets try.
0: the try! Red78. We're both monster people. Discovery gets over the line! Try from Nobody knows Monster Rugby better. Hello and welcome along. I'm Alan Quinlan and you're listening to episode 54 of the Red 78 here on the Rugby Channel. And with me as always is Neve Briggs. Uh, good morning, Neve. How are you? Good
1: morning, Quinny. Good and you?
0: Great weekend for you uh, with with your team winning on, on Saturday against Leinster. We'll get into that. I'll come back to that in a little bit. Uh, we have a special guest this morning. We're always trying to engage with the fans, particularly with... You know tweets we put out and, and get their feeling for what's going on how they feel about Munster Rugby and this morning we're joined by Ray O'Brien a Munster Rugby supporter for a long time from Limerick, living in Cork uh, that's an interesting one Ray but you're very welcome uh, good morning to you Hi Alan, how are things? Thanks for having me on you're, you're very welcome. Um, look, we, we it's a little bit different because um, we, we from the very start of this podcast, we've always been trying to get fan engagement. Um, and we like that because we feel the supporters are very much an, a really integral part of Munster Rugby going forward. Um, great kudos for, for all the Munster fans over the years going to, to, to games. All the color they bring all over europe and and renowned as some of the best fans in the world, so it's brilliant to have you just um to the, the, to go to talk about a little bit what what it's like being a monster fan and particularly just um in the last you know we haven't won a trophy in a long time what What has the journey been like for you, and how long have you been supporting monster um Obviously we had glory before and lots of lots of success, but it's been a barren period, so it's 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 been difficult. Um, what's the whole journey been like for you supporting Munster Rugby
2: yeah look I I remember supporting Munster for as many many years um, trying to get into the supporters club back when it was nearly impossible and you were on a waiting list and uh, then I I received an email from the supporters club saying look there was vacancies were you interested so myself and my brother John both applied at the same time and we managed to get two season tickets which we have in the East Terrace uh, in Thoen Park The journey, obviously, 2006 and 2008 were fantastic. Uh, I was over for the Leicester game back in uh, 2000, I think it was. Uh, My next door neighbour brought me over for one of my first foreign trips, uh, which was an incredible match, but obviously disappointing because of the result. Um, Obviously, the last couple of years have been disappointing. Um, but in the last year, the impact the Graham Rowntree has had on the team has just been fantastic. And that is the word in the terrace at the moment. Uh, to see the style of play completely change um, is, is great to watch. Uh, one of the lads that was with me at the game, his comment, I think, of the game was we've had to retrain our eyes uh, so that we can follow the ball because the line speed has just been uh, improved so much the game is so much faster Munster's game is so much faster um, that you know we're, we're watching a lot of offloads and stuff which we haven't seen over the last couple of years so it's it's been great to watch this season still very cold up in Town Park standing in the East Terrace but uh, overall look it, it is it's an enjoyable game to watch now um, some of the results at the start of the season haven't been fantastic but people are getting behind Graham Rountree and the team it's great to see the likes of Mike Prendergast and Dennis Leamy and the rest of the crew that he brought in there. Um, and he's, he's given the opportunity to the younger players, which everybody seems to be talking about. Uh, the likes of Shane Daly on the wing has just been immense. Uh, I understand with Conway and Earls being out, um, that that gave them the opportunity. But they've really grabbed it
0: and, and they've taken it. Um, and they're, they're going forward. It's, it's great to see. For you, for you as a Munster fan, um, what's the expectation? So, when you go to a game or when the season starts off, um, obviously everyone is kind of enthusiastic and hopeful. Um, but this new era you're talking about, this new coaching ticket, does that give you hope? Um, and does it give the other Munster fans hope that they're on the right track? Because both Neve and I have been talking about that a lot. Um, our Munster on the right track. And what is the reality for, for this season? Um, are we and the expectation from the fans?
2: Look, I I suppose we all want to dream big. Look, everyone would love to see us getting to uh, the Heineken Cup final and, and do well in the URC. That's the dream. Obviously, everybody wants that. Reality qualifying next for next uh, your or for Europe next year, like that has to be uh, top the agenda. And definitely seeing the progress that's been made, I think we're on the right track. Uh, last couple of games, we've gotten the wins. Even being at the two lose game, it was absolutely Baltic. The fog, uh, everything impacted us. Um, but they dug deep, and you could see even from that game that we're we're definitely going in in the right direction. And the progress we've made over
0: the last couple of games. Do you, do you feel that the Munster fans um, play an important role in in driving the team on? And and how important is that connection? Because again bothen and i have spoken about this the game last last uh, may in 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 the aviva against toulouse there seemed to be a little bit of a changing of the tide turning of the tide there with the connection with the fans again and and maybe being excited as as to maybe where this team is going because obviously when i played and i experienced it and we could feel that as players every time we went around europe but i just think That was a really interesting day for me, even though it was heartbreaking in the end. But the whole connection with the fans seemed to be rejuvenated again on that day.
2: Yeah, I've noticed over the last couple of years. So obviously the connection was exceptionally high, you know, a a few years ago. Uh, And then there was definitely a dip. You could see it, you could feel it in the terraces. It seemed to be a lot quieter. uh, The singing, the shouting... Uh, Getting behind the team over the last couple of years, it's definitely gotten a lot quieter, or had gotten a lot quieter. But you can just see the rejuvenation in the fans, the excitement when you're there before the match uh, around Home and Park, uh, talking to other fans. You can see that we go in with the expectation of winning every game, and that's where we have to be, Um, and that's where the team is definitely progressing to. But you can you can feel it amongst the fans we're excited, uh, we're looking forward to the next game and we always give ourselves a chance, even against the top teams in Europe, uh, like lose when we played them in Thawne Park, even when Leinster came down, we understand how strong that squad is and the uh, the depth that they have in that squad compared to Munster at the moment, but we still give ourselves a chance and there's still talk now of we could possibly do this. That wasn't there in the last two or three years. So just the simple impact of this year alone and the way the team has progressed, the talk now amongst the terraces, we have a chance against everyone. And I think that's why we can dream big. We can upset uh, teams uh, when we're not expected to win. And hopefully we can do that going through to the end of the season.
1: Right. Um, Just talk to us a little bit about the Munster Supporters Club. So you had... um... Uh, I think carry on here last season in relation to the, the club the, the club, and, and the importance of how it drives the support like will you get to Toulouse this weekend is there a group of them going um, and the importance I suppose of that you know the ethos or the culture around the province and, and how it's been driven by by as a, as a fan base
2: Yeah look from the Munster, from my own experience in the Munster supporters club I've been in it for a good few years now and even though I'm not able to make every game as much as I'd love to um, you still want to back that team. Uh, you can see in the forums and the likes of yourselves, the podcast. It's great to hear people's experience and people texting in uh, and messaging and giving their their view on the game. As I said to you in one of my uh, tweets to you, you know, we may not have the same uh, in depth knowledge that you have of rugby, but we do feel that we can, you know, give our our view on it and it's taken on board. And that's one thing that I love about this podcast. And it's great about talking to Munster fans uh, at matches that like, we all have our own views and we might differ on some way the players are playing at the moment um, or, you know, previous managers. Um, But at the moment, like Munster fans in general, they're brilliant. I've been over to France uh, for an away game uh, to Marseille when Rob Penny was in charge. And I remember being down on the quays in France and he walked past a group of Munster fans and the place just exploded. And it doesn't matter whether you're from Kerry or, or Clare or, or across the country. And there are Munster fans that aren't from Munster that follow the team because of that. It's like a family nature. People want to be involved in that. It's just such a great, uh, great club to be, to be a supporter of and be involved in uh,
0: as much as uh, we can be. Well, look, Ray. We don't have a lot, a lot more time, unfortunately, because um, we have to get into that in-depth analysis that uh, um, hopefully people want to listen to. Um, just finally, uh, your experience of Saturday, nail-biting in the end, and you know what? What's uh, what do you see happening in Toulouse on on Sunday? Can we win there? Yeah. Look, from the game on Saturday, um, first half was immense. They were brilliant. Um,
2: uh, Anton Frisch for me anyway, has just been a revelation in that team. Um, obviously, himself and Fekitoa were brought in. We were expecting a huge impact from Fekitoa, and it just hasn't really clicked yet. We can see the progress coming, but Anton Frisch has just been incredible. Um, and his offloads have been, have been brilliant. Uh, and that seems to be the talk of the terrace, like that, the impact that he's made. Mike Haley, again, has just been brilliant as well. Uh, really a, a different player this year he seems to be enjoying his rugby and that was the talk uh, the red card I know you'll get into that um, I was getting a text message from my brother in Dublin because he couldn't make it down uh, he was like my TMO on my phone to tell me what what was happening and that's the one thing I, I just said I'd say to you when you're in the terrace we can't hear the conversations that the referees are having um, with the TMO so we're judging it off the pictures on the big screen um, so that's that's one thing that the supporters don't have. Um, but they, they look, they, they held well defensively. Dennis Leamy's done a fantastic job. Uh, we managed to hold out and get, get the win, which was great for us. And as regards to lose, then why can't we go over there and cause that upset that I've talked about? Uh, as I said, have to dream big and hopefully we can get a result. Um, and if not, look, Come away with a losing bonus point, get up to ten points, and hopefully that'll do us uh, to qualify and get in an the way uh, away match in the next round.
0: Yeah, well, it'd be brilliant if to get into to get get into the knockout stages, and the same for for um, for the URC. It's going to be difficult, but look, Ray. Thanks for your impact uh, pack this morning and input, I should say this morning. It's great to have you on. Um, as I said, both Niamh and I want we want to try and hear what the fans have to say as well. And I think it's an integral part of Munster Rugby. And, um, you know, we both experienced that support. And I think, you know, to see the atmosphere and to see the run that the team is on at the moment. Um, Neve has always given out to me, but I'm sometimes uh, glass half empty. But um, from what you're saying, I think the supporters are glass half full now. And that's nice to hear. And it's nice to know. And we, we all understand the reality that we're probably not going to be lifting trophies, but we get a couple of players back from injury and are in the knockout stages. I don't think, um, I think we could have a chance of upsetting, upsetting teams a little bit in, the, in, in the latter part of the season. So look, hopefully they go on to continue on the run. They need to go on a really good run. Thanks, Ray. It's really good to have you. And thanks for the support and, and for listening to the podcast as well
2: yeah thanks, listen Ray. thanks very much for having me on uh, it's great to chat to both of you and uh, love the podcast and you've well done uh, with the uh, team there at the weekend that was a fantastic result for you as well
1: thanks a million thanks
0: that was brilliant to have Ray O'Brien on from Limerick there a passionate Munster supporter um, just to get the impact of the fans and, and to to the feeling of of where Munster are going at the moment so he's pretty positive and uh Enjoying the runner results, Neve. But um, let's move on to uh, to what happened at last weekend. Um, we got to get on to your game because uh, you have a big smiley head this morning <laughs> on you, um, and rightly so. Um, you beat Leinster twenty six seventeen, a bonus point win. You were glass half empty last week with me when I asked you how will you get on. You were pretty nervous, but you must be incredibly happy with the results and the performance of the team. Two wins from two.
1: Yeah, hugely, definitely. Um, we we didn't make it uh, easy for ourselves in the second half, but um, no, it was brilliant. Jeannie Mac, they played some unbelievable rugby in the first half. I just um, it was pretty cool to be sitting in the stands watching it and, and being associated with them. They're just a brilliant group. And did this surprise um, you? They did. Yeah, uh, no, it kind of. I, I knew they had it in them. I think what surprised me was that they they were pretty ruthless um, uh, at times, but also the fact that they didn't panic. So Leinster came out of the blocks absolutely firing and we conceded a try in the first few minutes. And I thought,
0: oh God. And that was a very, a very ways. strong experience, Leinster team. Seven of their forwards were either BlackRock or Railway who were in the AIL final. A lot of a lot of yeah Yeah, look, a they're a very really good team,
1: very well coached and uh, very organised and they've got a lot of talent, but... Um, I just can't put my finger on it with this group. They're just so good. We had a really good. Uh, we met Friday evening, and the captains are on, and I'd given them a task during the week about what it meant to play for Munster, and should have seen some of the answers that came back in. It was incredible. So we managed to put together this big kind of poster for them, and um, and it was on the dressing room when they came into the, into Musgrave Park. But the, the things that they spoke about what it, you know. It, it it literally just brings you back down to earth about how much it means for people to be able to put on a red jersey. You know, you and I got to experience it and it was great. And when now you retired, you kind of you not that you forget you, your you hold on to those moments, but you kind of you don't really realize what other people are feeling. Like we had a couple of girls that was like, you know, life goal mates like a life goal was to play for Munster and they got to take the box on like Saturday
0: yeah you have but to change have to the it. goals now though um, they uh, played, we pushed so them on
1: they pushed them on it's, yeah um, it's, not it in their,
0: it, it's not staying in the comfort zone now and, and was, actually experiencing yeah, yeah. it and, and uh, it enjoying it
1: yeah no it was brilliant and it was a really good match I and mean, we we were under the cosh for a lot of that second half and to be able to pull out a try at the last play of the game to be able to stretch them Get that bonus point was brilliant, and uh, yeah, they were buzzing afterwards. I was delighted for them; I was very proud of them.
0: So you've got Connacht away next week, and you win that, and you win the interpros. Um, yeah. A very special moment after the game as well. Holler yeah. and <laughs> proposed to Chloe Pierce. You don't often see that after a <laughs> no a, a rugby match.
1: No, Clona rang me on the Monday to ask me, was it okay if we'd won? Could she do it?" Uh, I had the ring in my pocket uh, for the game, so it was like burning a hole. Oh, that's um, brilliant. But, I was delighted for them. They're they two of my club mates as well. And um so it's brilliant. Yeah, they were buzzing afterwards and it was great. Uh, Chloe's probably the most staunch monster person I've ever met. Um so to be able to do it while she was when she was playing, I suppose, is probably an um, incredible feeling for them. So yeah, look, it was great. It was a it
0: was lovely great. it was a lovely moment and best wishes to, to both Clauda and Chloe as well. It was uh, really special. Um Munster in the afternoon. So that was a good start to the day. Um, obviously, Munster won the game 27 23 against Northampton. 24 nil up at half time. You think this is all going according to plan? They were down to 14 men. Jack O'Donnell sent off. Um, hanging on in the end, but they got the result. I put a tweet out yesterday. We'll read some tweets. We're a little bit shorter for time this week because we've had Ray on. Um, give us a general kind of synopsis or a couple of tweets. Or couple yeah, of messages on YouTube of what the fans was, are
1: saying. Was, everybody was super impressed, I think, in relation to um, you know, the, the shifting of the guard. I think it's probably the, the, the big thing, you know. No finish the game with no Earls, Murray, Conway, Zeebo, Klein, Peter O'Mahony, um Carberry, um all all off the pitch and and to be able to go and finish it out. Two big turnovers with John Ryan condellan uh, combining really, really well. So um Ian Flynn talks about a month ago they would have lost the game. Youth really came of age, hopefully a defining moment for this Munster team. Great experience and confidence for the younger lad, lads um, who were trusted to see out the game. And nod to Shane Daly's late try saving tackle as well. Um, Michael Coveney, a game of three quarters we played with full side for roughly 20 minutes in the finish. We did extremely well to win against Nixon Northampton side. It was a red car defence, but onwards to Toulouse and we start again. Uh, Joe, good to see this coaching team consistently rewarding form of a reputation slash experience. Red card could have cost us the game, but this is squad gradually developing a winning habit. Uh, John Thiewey, Joe, had a brilliant game except the decision not to step into touch resulting in their second try. Our system allows them to flourish, it explains why Andy Farrell picks him in the national team. How many defenders he beat, it was a lot. Expect nothing points-wise from to Toulouse game. I think... You know, a lot of it was really in relation to you know the fact that the first twenty twenty five minutes we were we were well on the way to to winning this game winning this game well from the perception. Um, I do think irrelevant of whether you know we had fourteen or fifteen minutes at half time, Northampton would have definitely regathered themselves and come out fighting. So was it a nailed on bonus try? I'm I'm not sure. You'd like to think it was, but um, I do think that Northampton, the likes of Courtney Laws and Ludlow and they were always going to come out fighting and swinging. So, um, yeah, I just I, 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 I do think that uh, that would have been a, a tough one. Uh, Tim O'Sullivan, we played our best rugby in the first half, however, sending off had a huge effect in the second. Felt the sending off was harsh. the Hampton, Hampton player had been tackled and was going down when he collided with Jack, Jack O'Donoghue. Coombs' magnificent hope would hope he'd get a losing bonus point. That's in relation to the Toulouse uh, thing. Gary from the West to West Terrace View loved the commitment and sheer doggedness epitomised by the final 30 seconds. were practically out on their feet, they held on to uh, hold up the ball carry and win turnover. Northampton could not shift them despite their best efforts to lose would be a tough ask. So that's kind of a, a general overview. Of, I, th- I think we were talking about the rugby being really, really good. Same in parts, and and then obviously that doggedness, that resilience to be able to see out um, Toulouse or to Northampton, excuse me, when they were piling on the pressure in the second half.
0: Okay, brilliant. There's a couple of comments on YouTube. Dave Dave Pierce uh, emails, great game in Musgrave Park last Saturday. Um, well done. Give a new compliment, Steve. Um Michael Nash also emailed, Ben Healy leaving is an absolute travesty. He's the best number 10 at the club, but in terms of physicality, passing an all-round game and defense. Um, Again, it's the Ben Healy thing. We debated that and talked. It's a long message from Michael. We don't have time to read it all, Uh, but Michael, we understand supporters questioning the handling of both Healy and John Ryan, disappointing all round. Um, That feeling is out there, um, but it's Ben Healy's decision. So... um, there's one here uh, at the end, Jerry O'Callaghan on YouTube. Quinny, you keep mentioning power, so why don't you advocate for Okeke OG and Shane Adogbo? I don't know who OG yeah. is. Ichi OG, Quinny. He's oh, um, Ichi OG, okay. Uh,
1: just another twenty player from, from UL Bowes He signed this year. Um yeah, look, he's incredibly powerful. I is think. he in
0: the academy? Because uh, I checked the academy. Uh, no, he's not. No, no, right, he's not okay. he's, he's
1: trained at the moment with the NTS. Um He's we got
0: a huge potential. He's very young. Okay, but so Jerry's saying we don't go get those genetics too often. Also, I'm not impressed by our S and C as players in the system for years. Don't seem to be put up to put on muscle. Uh, Baron swapping five K- kg of fluff of for muscle. There's no need <laughs> for marks. He's got pace and hands. Does seem to have farmer strength as well. So look, I think the power thing is we do talk about that a little bit about, And Jerry O'Callan, Jerry Callahan is talking about that. Um, I think Okeke is had injuries um,
1: and it's it's Sean Adagbo and he's he's in the system he's 19 years of age did you see the try he
0: scored at the weekend oh, for so I was actually
1: down um, helping out the train session yesterday and uh, he's as big in real life as he looks on the, on, on the video scoring he's, uh, he's now then the they got passed over. Brian Gleeson's another young tip back rower, number eight, incredible player, and uh, they they passed over the mantle of the fastest forward uh, in the system. The His try was incredible, the and
0: end. End. it's it's yeah. it's on YouTube and Twitter and all yeah. that kind of stuff and Instagram. So it's for UCC. have a look yeah. at that. Yeah, um, the point about the power. Yes, of course. If you get that natural strength and power and explosiveness, um it was. um it was really, really. Uh, it's really, really helpful. Okay. Of course it is,
1: but Quinny, if they don't use it, then it's very difficult to be able to. You know, they have to. We watched them playing week in, week out at AIL level. They're, they, they, they just got They still have all, all those three players have huge potential, but a lot of learning to do.
0: Yeah, um, of course. So. Um there's a lot of. Um, it's positive, positive, positive again. Um, the result is the biggest positive, Neve, obviously, and I think the first half performance. I think if we were to pick parts of the game in the second half, of course, we could find faults. Um, they fatigued a little bit. Maybe their game management wasn't as, as good as it needed to be. And you get the inevitable reaction from a side who probably got lambasted by their coaches at halftime. They're 24 nil down. Mm. Um, so there is there is a lot of positives, and I think... The reality is, yeah, we're still a little bit short on firepower. The depth, particularly, you know, in the second row with the injuries that are there at the moment, that bit of power does does help. Um, the positives for me, um, obviously, the performance of, of some of the, you know, the whole team in the first half, the attack, the tries they scored, the Jack O'Donoghue try was an outstanding score. Um, lots of positives there. And I think they're learning and they're improving and they showed a big, big, huge amount of resilience in the second half. Um, what's your take on the positives and negatives of the game? Just quickly, um synopsis. Yeah, look, I that.
1: thought it was, it was huge positives. I um, literally have that um, Jack O'Donoghue try clip for, for the girls because it's incredible to be able to see them stay patient when things, you know, sometimes the carries weren't exceptional, but they... Their ability to be able to just understand that if they can put it through another phase or two and get to an edge, then they have the ability to be able to to um, to stretch that Northampton defence, and uh, and they did. I think the big moment in, within that phase of play was Alcorn Fresh getting to the outside, um, he, the big handoff, uh, and he gets it out outside. Previously to that, they had gotten to two kind of what we call mini edges, so in around that fifteen channel. Um, but he gets to there and he gets to the actual five metre. And then all of a sudden you see the Northampton defence condense in. And they get it out and, and Jack who's running a support line off Gavin Coombs. Some of that stuff was incredible. For me, though, the biggest positive was that grit, that resilience, that ability to defend for long periods of time. Shane Daly coming up with two big plays. John Ryan and Alex Condellan coming up with big turnovers. At moments where Northampton were very much on top, um, I think that's that's a huge, big. You'd be bouncing into training if you're Dennis Leamy this week, uh, knowing that they trust and believe the system that you're trying to do and they're willing to put their bodies on the line for it.
0: I'm always conscious of the fact that you don't want to get too far ahead of yourselves. I think the players will look back and realise that there was some. Mistakes and they take the positives. Graham Roundtree said he was very proud of the players, and I think they did really dig in. And that was quite telling that there was a lot of experienced players kind of off the field when that that th- those moments and those big plays um were, were were really important. On the sending off, I think it's a clear red. I don't think, you know, you can debate it too much. There is a little bit of a dip in the height, but I think it did. It did affect the team. I think they fatigued a little bit in that second half. I think the game management a little bit was... Um, and that's that's not just from your halfbacks, from everyone. Just decision-making, keeping it a little bit tighter maybe at times. I think there was a lot of ball out the back where maybe some of the front-line runners could have been hit and they could have been a little bit direct. But um, you wanted to be I, ambitious. But yeah, I completely. The,
1: I, I agree on the send it off. I think once you turn your shoulder in towards the player you're kind of putting yourself under, under pressure in relation to pictures that you're painting. Um, I would 100% query the Northampton yellow card on Joey Carberry. I yeah,
0: Michael felt, Michael Haywood, the hooker uh, for Northampton, I Yeah, I felt I that, think. That, would
1: have, that should have been a red when you look back at it. Um, clear direct contact to the head, if we're looking at being consistent across the board. Henry Slade had a, a very similar incident for Exeter this weekend and got sent off first. Um, and I thought it
0: was I thought it was red. I, I just don't think I think was I, I thought I thought it was very lucky and the referee yeah. to Trinini the French referee who I thought was very good actually um, for a change <laughs> um, I thought his TMO was kept kind of saying to him you need to look at this more you need to look at this more and I think he he claimed it was contact initially but there's contact with his shoulder as well to his face he was very lucky very yeah. very lucky. Um, he
1: knew what he was doing. I'm sorry, you know exactly. You've got time. Carberry had kicked. It was very obvious he was shaping up to kick. You know you're not going to get there. I that's it's reckless for me. I think five uh, or someone I, had a I, serious similar. I agree. One against, I agree. Yeah. And I
0: mean I mean disrespectfully to, Mon- to to monster. I think there's some other teams with a lot more depth who can probably cope a little bit better and manage a game to lose on Sunday. Um, you know they had. Uh, um Copus Visa was sent off for sale after eighteen minutes, and they struggled and They started the game very well, scored a try early on, but then Toulouse really overpowered them with that extra number. Some teams could could deal with it better than others, but look it's difficult to play that long with with fourteen men um so there's lots of positives a couple of negatives that are not huge for me they 're not overly concerning I think they'll they'll get, learn from the experience. And the grit and determination. It certainly was a bit of squeaky bum time there for the last kind of ten minutes, but they came up with some big defensive plays, as you said, and they showed a lot of grit and determination. Start of the week this week, well, it has to be Gavin Coombs for me again. Um I think he's his form has been brilliant in the last couple of weeks. Um I think we got a, we
1: have to have a notable mention to Shane Daly as well. I thought he
0: was Yeah, of course. Very and, good.
1: And, um, um, like lots super... of them were very good, but I just thought he came up with big moments. I just in relation to, to to that, in relation to their back three players, apart to me there are times when they go to an edge and if if you watch how, how the back three players are moving now, they'll they are called swing or sweep open and they'll they'll come around and they'll create that overlap. But it's their ability that to get back on their feet and get back to the opposite edge. There was actually times where Gavin Coombs or Peter Mahoney were actually were out there by themselves. And we were just a little bit slow to kind of get out there to exploit that space. So I just think that will definitely be something that they'll be working on for two years.
0: Their work rate and their fitness is so much better. And I think yeah. that's an emphasis. And that's a, um, that's coming from the coaches and particularly yeah. the way they want to try and play. Um, well, so Gavin Coombs was
1: exceptional. Exceptional, yeah.
0: he started a week. Great reaction since the disappointment of November. And he's come back very strong. And he's probably put himself back in a position again now for... You know, grab I feel the like he's getting more involvement
1: in terms of... Like
0: but that's he, what he needs. He's
1: bitter. Yeah, he's consistent. So like before, I felt like we would have seen a big carry. We wouldn't have seen him for a couple of phases, whereas now he's constantly involved, constantly. His work rate is incredible, incredible, incredible. Um, and he's starting to, to reach those levels of consistency where it's happening week in, week out. Um, so yeah look very very good very
0: good performance yeah I thought um, one other thing I wanted to ask you so Gavin Coombs is our star of the week and lots of big performances throughout the team um, Joey Carberry coming off and I saw one or two comments a um, couple of people saying he played really well and another couple saying that he looks a little bit off at the moment I personally thought that he did a lot of good stuff in the game and yeah, I still too. think he has that magical touch is he at 100%? I think there's still a little bit of a spark and a and a confidence or an, an aggression missing a little bit. Um, he's a wonderful player. And I think they've actually yeah. worked really well, Jack Crowley and himself together. Um,
1: there was lots of but- times where he went to an edge and Carberry either finds himself in around that rock and then Jack jumps into the 10 and as they're swinging back, Jack stays there and it just releases Carberry to a wider channel. And has that ability to rip the pass. I thought he was really good. I I did. I thought I thought he 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 controlled the game very well. I thought. I thought himself and Casey worked very well. I thought the himself Crowley worked excellent. Um, uh, yeah, I thought it was a surprise seeing him coming off at sixty minutes. But in fairness, um, you know. So the coaches said they backed those decisions and those young lads. And I just thought, um, yeah, I actually thought he did really, really well. And I do think going into Six Nations, um, he'll probably, if Johnny's not fit for the first game, I'd imagine it'll be him starting.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think, look, he's um, he's still a quality player. And I think they're working well together. Frisch is, um, there's a bit of evasion there. There's an, an energy to their to their performances. We know they need more depth. They need the players back. The yeah. dogbo um, hopefully RG Snyman, Thomas, a. A. Hearns, a. yeah. Vini Vin- 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 Witcherly. There's a bit that a. Yeah. gives you a little bit more options there, and it it certainly adds to your game. But they won the game. Um, they won two from three. They sit uh sixth, sixth in pool B yeah. on nine points. Um they haven't the job done yet. Um they may need something, they may still not need something. Montpellier are on seven points in seventh. Claremont are on six points in eighth. Um, And then Sale are on five points in ninth. They go to Belfast. Obviously, um, Ulster can't catch Munster. So anyway, from an Irish point of view, we want Ulster to beat Sale. But if Sale were to get a bonus point, they could go to 10. It could make it tricky for Munster. Uh, Claremont are away to the Stormers. So... We don't need them winning either. No. Um, so there's a couple of results there. It's Montpellier, Clermont, Sale, who are 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 the biggest threat to Munster. Um it's going to be difficult for them going there. Just on the on the stats quickly, um obviously Munster the possession wise fifty three percent possession, territory forty nine percent. And sometimes that concerns me. And I was this one where territory, territory, territory at the time as a player. It makes it difficult for the opposition. Um, But credit to Northampton. Defenders beaten 25, which again indicates and adds to what we're seeing and the way they're trying to play. The numbers are high there 29 last week against the Lions. The week before against Ulster, it was pretty high as well. Uh, Defenders beaten, it was in the 20s again. Uh, 28 against Ulster. So they're high numbers. That indicates yeah. um, you know, sometimes stats can can be skewed, but there's they're beating defenders, they're stepping, they're showing evasion, stuff we didn't see last year. Clean breaks only one, so didn't guess, um find that space like you would like. Seven offloads, uh eleven turnovers conceded, whereas Northampton had fifteen. So there's both sides pretty high numbers with the turnovers conceded. The one Issue there, and and the work rate around defence is very good, but thirty-one missed tackles is too high. Um, yeah. and I think there was a little that was down to a little bit of fatigue and and the Northampton reaction. So overall, um, pretty pretty positive um, with the results. Toulouse and Sunday. Um, well, it's Toulouse. You think of of where where the hardest places to go go to in Europe, and you're thinking this is right up there. Um. It's a daunting task. They have so much depth, so much power, uh, physicality, and dare we say it, DuPont, he's just magical in what he does. So um, they may not need a losing bonus point, which is a kind of a defeatist kind of attitude going there, but we can talk about the reality. It's going to be very, very difficult. Monster are going to have to find something special to win the game, but... Um, to stay in the game and to and to not make it crazily frantic, which sometimes suits Toulouse as well. Um, they've got to try and get something out of the game if possible. They still may go, go through. So what do you see happening on Sunday and how difficult is it to go to Toulouse for them?
1: Yeah, I suppose my greatest worry would probably be up front in relation to the, the scrum. Um, I think... And the lineups per se, you know, they've obviously got someone like um, Richie Arnold, who's ridiculously tall and really good. Second rows in. I, ju- I just, I just worry about the set piece. I think if we can, if we can gain some sort of parity from a set piece point of view, I give us every chance. I really do. Um, in terms of trying to go and get something out of that game, I think around the park we're playing really, really well. We can um, for mentally in, in for in the right place which I, I really feel that they are to be fair um, I think then that we can physically front up in relation to their face play I just think the set piece would would, would worry me um, but um, yeah look what have they got to lose I think they've got to go and um, think and, and, and I suppose if they can if they can gain parity on that then they've got to they've got to nail home their chances they've got to be clinical and um, I feel like after the last few weeks you know the fact that they won at the end, you know, against Ulster and they were there, there, you know what I mean? They were able to fight to the end against Northampton and that, the ability to be able to go for the full eighty minutes or the eighty-two minutes, whatever it needs to be, that you give them a lot of confidence. And um so yeah, look, I just think that's um party and set piece and and anything can happen.
0: And Ulster went there last year and got a result. So I know that uh, Toulouse had a sending off, so they probably need a little bit of luck and a few things to go with them, but um, confidence you mentioned this, uh, that's that's something that's really important and they look like it's side that are that are, I suppose have a little bit more self-belief um, it's going to be really difficult but one to watch obviously on Sunday and um, obviously it's Sunday night we'll know who's playing who in round 16 so hopefully Munster in that group a little bit of news from last week, uh, Mossy Lawler coming back to the province um, that announcement was made after we did the podcast. I played with Mossy, with Shannon, with Munster. Um He's a great fella. I think he's he's been in Connacht for a number of years and highly thought of as well. So he's another Monster man coming back to Monster, which again, the fans will like. And I think he's, and it's an exciting...
1: A skills coach, which is incredibly exciting. I think that's been something that probably... I've been missing over the... the is is that to share the a shared load with,
0: with, with Mike Prendergast and, and kind of take individuals away, small groups?
1: Yeah, um, so like Prendergast can work on actual attack and backline attack, whereas at the moment, that's probably stretching resources because they've got to work on their skills because we've seen how they've been playing the last few years. They've not really looked to put their skills under pressure, whereas now they're trying to absolutely make those passes. So... Um, I think it's, it's it's a really really good appointment. He's, as you say, he's been in Connacht for a number of years, but he, he went to connect in a domestic game and worked his way into the high performance professional side, and um, it's great. Uh, but it will free up Prendy then to be able to give time to be able to work on team attacker or, or backline. So um, it's really good.
0: Yeah, brilliant, and uh, I'm delighted for Mossy because uh, he has to, has to deliver now. He has to. Um, get in there do the job um, he still has to finish the season out with Munster but it's a great appointment and uh, we wish him well um, I was going to ask you and get into the Conor Murray Keith Earls situation again that, that kind of caught me by surprise last week as did everyone um, people texting me asking me are they finished is this the end of an era I, my top worked on it is um, both of them um, obviously um, it was a shock and but it shows that Graham Roundtree is rewarding players who he feels are in form. And I think Connor and Keith would probably admit at the moment that they need to be a bit sharper. And um, both have missed a lot of games this season. They haven't a lot of, got a lot of rugby under their belts. So hopefully we'll see from both players a bit of a kind of resurgence and a reaction. Again, what I heard from the weekend is they were incredibly positive. The, their heads weren't dropped, they were encouraging people around them, which is what you love to see. I heard that hear. as well,
1: yeah, to be fair. Um, I always um, remember
0: Ray Keane came into Munster um in two thousand six before we played sale over in, in in Manchester. And one of the questions was who who was the best professional or one of the best professionals that you've played with and, and um um he was talking about um he was talking about, you know, schools and gigs and these guys and their, their their energy and the positivity and players reactions when they were dropped off teams um and and he didn't kind of go naming individuals but he always looked at the players who were dropped off that Manchester United squad what their reaction was like and um the ones who kind of you know kept the head up and helped the team were the ones that mostly impressed him and and I was really glad to hear that you know Connor Murray, and Keith Earls. It didn't surprise me in any way but it was a surprise in the sense that you know people were a little bit shocked and it made some headlines. They, they
1: still have value like we can't understate this enough like they could they still have value you know they, they This are they finished are they written off absolutely not they still have a huge amount of rugby left in them and hopefully Munster can get the best out of them first.
0: Yeah exactly and uh, it's a big weekend so that's it for episode 54 of the uh, the Red 78 all wrapped up to make sure you get your podcast straight to your phone every week just search for the Red 78 wherever you get your podcasts and press subscribe don't forget to get in touch with us through Twitter or through uh you can you can send us an email at the rugby channel at barmy bowermedia, or send us a tweet um anyway well done Neve. good week for you Thanks. good week for Munster. uh Again, you play Connacht on Saturday and Munster played Toulouse away yeah. on, su- on Sunday as well. So thanks again and uh, we'll chat to everyone next week. The Red 78 with Alan Quinlan and Neil Briggs. Nobody knows Munster rugby better. I'd like to think I know a lot.